Womenology podcast, Sarah. Yep. I have three words for you. Okay. Call her daddy. I'm so invested. You are so invested in this drama and you're trying to get me invested. I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, we need to do it. Go ahead. I just wanted to shout out Caroline Calloway, who's definitely not listening, for drawing this to my attention. I actually saw a tweet from Caroline Calloway earlier today that was at, she tweeted Barstool asking if they would give her a podcast. <laughs> and, you, and, you know, speaking of Calloway, before we get on to Call Me Daddy, or Call Her Daddy, whatever the fuck it is. Call Her um, Daddy. Call Her Daddy. If you think that, like, half of her OnlyFans subscribers aren't, people from her like from that reddit like snark thread oh well for sure for, for sure. sure that's well, all the people who they're paying they're paying they're, they're okay. paying Who's, uh, jokes on you so right? okay okay <laughs> call her daddy so you sent me this youtube video that i it, that i will link in the notes and if anybody if you follow this you might you might care you might not i don't know and so Basically, this was a podcast that was owned originally owned by Barstool Sports, which is a absolute dumpster fire of misogyny. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, all they do is objectify women and blah blah blah. And of course, the two women, the two co-hosts, you know, objectively beautiful, mm-hmm. hot girls, basically. And I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, I'm still trying to piece this together. So you, you want me to you want me to take this one? <laughs> yeah, you take this one, please. <laughs> okay. So two friends in their twenties decide that they want to make a podcast about sex. So they do. Barstool picks it up within a month. Uh, so now they're owned by Barstool. They get contracts through Barstool. the The owner or president of Barstool is this guy called Dave. Dave writes up their contracts. Uh, they're they're paid equally at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $75,000 a year. It's a three-year contract. But at the end of their first year, they have the opportunity to negotiate. Okay. So before that first year is up, somehow Barstool, I don't know how they realize that uh, Alex is the one, Alex and Sophia, there are two of them. Alex is the one doing most of the editing. So they offer Alex more money. Alex takes more money than Sophia and doesn't tell Sophia, which you disagree about. Uh, you disagree with that decision. I think it was the correct decision. So that's point of disagreement number one here. <laughs> so Alex takes more money. Um, somewhere along the way, I'm not, I'm not sure how many years they've been doing it, but their three-year contract is not over. But somewhere, somewhere between one and three years, Sophia starts dating this dude who happens to be a lawyer. And he, I guess, is an Ivy League grad and works for HBO, maybe. Whatever the case, he thinks he's a very big deal. <laughs> so he starts <laughs> giving free legal advice about how they're not paid enough, which they're not. And in the video that Alex posted, um, she claims that... Uh, I, someone, I think the boyfriend, overheard uh, these hockey bros talking about how the call her daddy girls are paid shit and it's embarrassing, yada yada. Um, she later claims in the same video that no one saw that original contract except for the people in the room. So, hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. this this dude gets a bee in his bonnet about how his girlfriend is underpaid. <laughs> Starts giving her terrible advice. And basically, Sophia blows the whole fucking thing up because she stirs up all this trouble at the urging of her boyfriend. Alex uh, eventually wants to take a pretty good deal, which is half a million dollars a year. And at the end of their contract, they take the intellectual property. Um, Sophia won't take it. And she just she basically just blew her spot up. And now Alex is going to proceed doing it alone or she'll hire someone new. I mean, who cares? Everyone's replaceable. Just get another brunette in there. You know, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. (laughs) Another brunette with vocal fry. Anyone could do that job, especially for 500,000 a year. So what I love about this story is it's, is it's cruelty and brutality. It's so capitalistic 
so misogynistic. I love the hubris in it. Mm-hmm. And it it just is it's just delicious tea, man. I don't I don't know how you don't think this is interesting. I think because I don't typically have a, a ton of sympathy for um for two hot women who are already you know, just because they're hot We're women. Already overpaid. Seventy five thousand dollars is already too much. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Like like she said, what industry standard, they weren't getting industry standard. If they weren't getting industry standard, then you know, that's bullshit. Um, and well, it was just because they were underpaid doesn't mean everyone else isn't overpaid. Okay, fair point. Um, <laughs> so they're they're already raking it in, right? And but that's why I don't understand why you aren't enjoying this more, because I also have no sympathy for either of them. I do like that a victor has emerged. Like I admire the ruthlessness of it all. I gotta respect that hustle. Um. Yeah, I can respect the hustle. Sure. I just um. Barstool Sports is awful, and the fact that this that you know she doesn't care that Barstool Sports is fucking awful and they had I no mean, respect for her and they exploited her. Well, and here's our next point of disagreement because counterpoint: all employers are awful. <laughs> I mean, true. Okay. If you're gonna sell your soul, sell it for five hundred thousand. I guess I think probably too. If I were more, uh, if I listened to the podcast. Oh, I don't. And listen I have. To the podcast. It's oh, see, I, I guess I just feel bad because if I haven't listened to it, I don't feel I should have an opinion on it. I think that's, you know, I just feel like uh, I don't feel like I've earned a right to have an opinion on this, other than, you know, if you two, if you if my friend did something behind my back, if we're a team. Like, Sarah, if, if, if you and I were, like, let's say this was us, mm-hmm. and someone came to me, and they bought us, and they said, okay, you're each going to get blah, blah, blah. Kristen, we're going to give you an extra $10,000 because you do the editing. Mm-hmm. What I would, I, I would undoubtedly accept the money, but I would tell you and say, just so I want everything on the table, I want transparency, this is the deal. How do you feel about it? Because in the end, what's more important? Not a hypothetical question. I'm asking you a question. Well, what are my two options? <laughs> What's more important, the money or the friendship? Probably the money. Okay. Well, uh, now I know where I stand with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, good night, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the last episode about. of Womenology. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of money we're talking about. Like, I can't, I, I really can't stress enough, like, the amount of abuse I would happily take. Because I know what's I know what the alternative is, right? Like I know that most jobs don't pay five hundred thousand. <laughs> most jobs you have to eat a lot of shit, take a lot of abuse. True. Yes. Okay. True. And uh, this will half this reminds for a podcast. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> this reminds me of something that I, I remember watching on The Good Wife, where uh, Alicia was uh, played by Juliana Margulies was offered a part she was offered a partner deal mm-hmm. and you know she had to bu- buy into the firm and then she found out after the fact that they were only that they needed her for I don't know because she was a woman or because I, for, they needed her for something other than what her her skill as a lawyer mm-hmm. and she was talking about it with Diane who's one of the owners of the firm and Diane said let me tell you something like I received a deal like this 20 years ago and I, this firm was, you know, it just it was a boys club and they offered they needed a woman. So they offered me a job. And she said, oh, you take it. She, right. <laughs> she said, when someone opens the door for you, yes. walk through the door That's what and I'm then saying. get there and prove to them how valuable you are. And I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I guess I'm just if you're friends like you sold out your friend and I feel she's justifying it. You know, well, I kind of did this thing and I didn't tell her, but, and then she, she downplays it. No, that's a big deal. And she seems sort of surprised that like, uh, Sophia out of the blue sort of turned on her or changed. Well, maybe Sophia found out you were fucking lying to her. (laughs) 
Well, that's, uh, I think, what Sophia has claimed. Sophia has not released a 35-minute video in any capacity that I'm aware, uh, at least as of now. Oh, God, I right. hope she does. <laughs> oh, I hope she does. And um, I will listen to it. <laughs> but she and did, I will listen to it. I think she, I don't know, she did like an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. That was like all of 20 seconds um, saying that she felt betrayed or whatever. Well, so you're, you're, I think, selectively ignoring the backstory of the raise as well, right? Because before Alex got the raise, there was, I guess, a confrontation <laughs> between the two of them because Alex was doing all of the editing and um, some something to do with like how the podcast was being promoted Sophia apparently told Alex, I don't like how it appears as though you're doing more work than me. Yeah. Could you not do it on social media as However, much? And- Alex was doing more work than her. So what I what I feel like I still would like to know is, did Alex ever cede control? Did she ever offer for Sophia to help with the editing and Sophia opted out? Or is Alex a control freak and then, you know, claiming that, like... You know what? You know what? (laughs) I'm starting to feel a little attacked here. Why? (laughs) Well, because I, you know, I don't know, probably because I do the editing for the podcast. Just because we're two hot women with a podcast? You think it's all about you? (laughs) No, I've always wondered, breaking the fourth wall, I've always wondered, like, does it bother you that... I do all the editing and I kind of decide, no, we're not going to post this. And if it does, let's talk about it. Well, I've offered to do the editing. You've never yes, you taken have. me up on it. I want to be clear. Yes. And in this, this comes down to my uh, issues with not, and it's not about control. It's more about, um, I'm not good with relying on anybody. Okay. Uh, so maybe cool. Alex is the same way. <laughs> Very true, and um, very, very true, and, yeah. and I mean, you're right. How, okay, however, however, we're framing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe it was the same kind of deal. Maybe you know she wouldn't, she wouldn't yes. ever take Sophia up on the offer. Yes, and but I, and generally, I, I would agree. If someone is doing more work, yeah, they should be getting paid more. Yes, one hundred percent. I just feel like when it's a friendship and when it's a partnership transparent if you if you want the partnership and the friendship both to survive transparency is key well this is interesting because you know in most traditional workplaces it's like Mm -hmm. it's super taboo to talk about your salary and this is why because Mm -hmm. i mean it you know this isn't shouldn't be a secret (laughs) shouldn't be a revelation to anyone we're not all paid the same (laughs) people (laughs) at the same level in the hierarchy are typically not paid the mm-hmm. same. True. Uh, frequently it's related to gender, but not always. Yeah. And I, and I do, when Alex said that they, you know, sometimes when they were in the meeting and someone said, Oh, your editing's really great. And I'm just like, who fucking says that? And she said, and the person, oh, the imaginary know. person, the hypothetical person said, who does your editing? And Sophia jumped in and said, we do. Right. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't Which be. Which was a lie. <laughs> Right. Like, don't take credit for my work. I understand that. I get it. So So how are you, I mean, how are you not Team Alex here? How am I not Team Alex? Other than not caring, which I I get. No, it's not that. It's, it's, I think it's, I'm Team Nobody. Okay. You know, you're working for a company that has no respect for women. Um, You're two hot women who the world already fucking revolves around. So you're right. I don't feel too bad for you because one door opens, another door is going to close because that's how it works for objectively gorgeous women. I don't, I am very interested to see what happens to Sophia. I feel like she's probably not going to get another opportunity that good. Is she going to Natalie? She's the Natalie? I think we found our Natalie. I think we found the Natalie in this situation. Maybe the moral of the story, everyone, is. Be the blonde. You always want to be the blonde. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, the whole, yeah, like letting your boyfriend dictate what you should be doing. And, you know, she listened to him. Why? Because he had an Ivy League degree. Yeah. And a lot of confidence. 
<laughs> way too much confidence to the point. Way yeah. And she has too much confidence in him. Yeah. I, I just, you know, uh, this sort of, I'm just going to come out and say, Hey, here's a segue because <laughs> I was looking for a segue and I'm like, I can't find one. Uh, first, can you hear, can you hear this? Kind of. Do you hear, do you hear Luca? Here's something. Yeah, that's Luca. It sounds so sort of sounds like a train in the distance. <laughs> it's not nearby, but it's right. So here's the thing about that: what happens when a guy comes into a woman's life, and like we we were saying this before, like when when a woman or any friend gets into a relationship, right? The relationship changes. The friendship changes. It just yes. does. And, um, so this is part of the reason I think, I think that's part of the rift between these two women. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like there was a lot of shit going on behind the scenes. This, I think this goes way beyond a stupid contract or even a podcast. I think this is the friendship. Yeah. I think this has been brewing for a long time and it exploded. And I don't know. I mean, maybe in the short term, Alex is one. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, cause I don't know. I wish I was more invested in this. I'm so sorry that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I am deeply invested and I will continue to bring you updates as I oh. hope that they unfold. And I will pay attention and I will, <laughs> you, you always indulge me when I send you stuff from a little nudge. So I, I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and we'll get to her later. Um, so there's a, there's a medium essay I wanted to talk about quickly and because i think people i could be wrong but i think people really like when we discuss these medium essays or what just when you know, we discuss you know why. it's so they don't have to set up their own accounts it's so they don't have to set up their own accounts but it's also i, I sarah i have to tell you and i've already said this before i have listened to that <laughs> clip from the last episode i, I just every day just like out of nowhere, I'll just go on to Instagram and play that clip. Mm. Hours. There's an <laughs> S there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, a Medium article that I sent you. Yes. That I had to cut and paste. And it's called, My Newfound Love Derailed My Friendship. Mm. And it's written by Holly April. And I'll what link to it. What a fresh new idea. What a fresh take. Hot take, right? Okay. So the the gist is Holly and this woman, Samantha, mm-hmm. um, were friends and they sort of became fast friends and they bonded over their shared uh, shitty relationships. Yeah. Well, she says trauma even. Well, I'm going to, you know, look, I think a breakup is trauma. I think, you know, who knows? I think any kind of uh, bad relationship is, is trauma. So I agree with that. Um, trauma is subjective. And let's say it says... Samantha and I had bonded deeply and quickly when we first met in London a few years ago. We had much in common, and we also had, we also each had slightly troublesome boyfriends. Our conversation soon became unwittingly dominated by comparing stories and sharing gentle complaints, and mm. other times not so gentle ones. Great. The more we learned about each other, the more connected we felt. This friendship does not pass the Bechtel test. W- why? They own, well, way to flatten my joke, but <laughs> they only meet to talk about their shitty boyfriends. That's all I talk about. Oh, okay. I see. All right. So yeah. later, our dynamic flipped from equal sharing of our trials and tribulations to me as the counsel for her chaos. So she's already, she's already presenting the friend as, okay, she's framing it. Like, she's setting it up. I'm the, the adult is, here. Yeah, I'm right. the one who got her shit together, and my friend was just a whirlwind of drama. Yeah, She confided in me that her husband's sex drive wasn't matching hers and that her newlywed life was disappointing her. Now, I'm going to interject here because I did what I always do and read, read her archives, and she writes an essay about um, an affair she had with a married man. Uh, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Go on. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm listening. Things weren't particularly good at home for me either, and helping Samantha through her problems became a welcome escape from my own troubles. Other people's problems have always seemed much easier to solve than my own. Fair point. I think that's true. Objectivity. Jesus, Luca. (laughs) Can you hear 
<laughs> it's like a storm's a brewing. <laughs> I like this foreboding tone that Luke is adding. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Even as it. my even as my relationship began to break down, I continued to be a dutiful listener for Samantha. The, the, this dynamic continued for months. I was her conscience and sounding board. She was my distraction from my own troubles. She and her husband began, atten- began attending couples therapy, a reoccurring session, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we would talk for a few minutes after her sessions, other times for much longer. It wasn't a great surprise when she announced her divorce. When we next met, she seemed relieved and more relaxed than I had seen her in a long time, but also a little more distant, perhaps even a little cold. I had also also recently split from my partner and was finally ready to talk about it, but somehow I didn't feel like I could. Mm-hmm. Then I met someone new. Oh, the then first, you did? <laughs> I met someone new. For the first few weeks, I didn't think my new boyfriend could possibly be real. He was too perfect. Okay, what have we said? Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. If he was too perfect, it's, it's usually a problem. He understood me, performed equal emotional labor, and communicated in just the ways that I wanted. Let me I stop you right the- here. Okay. <laughs> oh, I see another clip coming. <laughs> how much emotional labor should either of you be doing in the first few weeks? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> probably none, right? Right. That's supposed okay. to be the fun time. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds to me like this woman has a habit of getting into uh, very intense, quick relationships. It sounds that way. It sounds that way. Let me stop you right there. (laughs) (laughs) Many months later, when I proposed to my partner. What now? I'm sorry. Hey, wait, hold hold on. What? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) This is, see, this, this is why I like reading these with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what now then I <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> many months later when I proposed to my partner I wanted to share my news with Samantha right away but I decided to wait until we could meet in person why huh. why we met for what was sound like they've already kind of like drifted away from the friendship at this point yes they're already yes. not hanging out Right. And keep go back where she said, I had also recently split from my partner and was finally ready to talk about it. But somehow I didn't feel like I could. I I mean, how do you if you're close friends? Yeah, you know what's going on in each other's lives. Right. But they're not. I mean, what we're I think what we've got here is (laughs) two people who are both self-involved and Mm -hmm. too self-involved to have a real friendship. Right. For both of them the friendship performed a function and then it was no longer useful. So the right. end. Right. Um, many months later when I proposed to my partner, blah, 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 we met what was for, what was to be the final time two weeks later. You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta hammer that nail in in person. I vis- Exactly. I visited her at her new apartment. She made beetroot soup. We drank the bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon that I'd bought. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> kind of vampire meal is this what when i when i finally shared the news of how my own relationship my own human relationship when i finally shared the news of how my own relationship had developed she feigned support but i could tell that something was holding her back yeah i imagine that her own personal demons haunted the whole idea of marriage for her but what could i say and wait for it because this is a good one I'm sorry that your marriage only lasted 10 months, but mine won't. Yeah. That's what she's in, in, in parent. That's what she has in italics. But what could I say? I'm sorry that your marriage only lasted 10 months, but mine won't. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, you can go ahead and say that, but probably in month 11. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've mulled over that last evening together a lot. Although we spoke in the coming days and I attempted to firm up our plans to hang out again with our partners in tow, she was evasive. I sent well, another she message. was clearly trying to send you a message in the first place. She didn't want you in her apartment if she offered you beetroot soup. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it's... Ugh. I don't know. I sent another message and then another until they were, there was a wall of text. 
I waited a week and then another week, still nothing. I anxiously scoured previous communications for a hint of something I could have done or said to cause offense, but I could find nothing of note. Again, it's always, I was perfect, she was the fuck up. That's what I'm getting from this, yes. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. I tried to contact her by email, a long, humble, humble, compassionate message. I wanted to reiterate that she should contact me if I had unwittingly upset her, and yet I was met with silence. The jarring end to our friendship right around the, the time that I found true happiness was too stark to be coincidental. So this is all perception mm-hmm. in her head. Just like the uh, I'll, just like the essay she writes about screwing a married guy. Like she writes a whole fucking essay based on a perception and not actual fact. Right. Um, did we only bond because we were both mid-trauma? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's why Sandra Bullock tells Keanu Reeves and Speed that relationships that are born from trauma rarely last. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bullock uh, wisdom. There you going go. Going back to the 90s, bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> the aftermath of, aftermath of the sudden end to the friendship has been hard to deal with. I've had to ask myself tough questions to try to figure out how to avoid making the same mistakes again. I have to acknowledge the possibility that I sought out bonds with similarly troubled people because of the turmoil I found myself in at the time. Ah, yes. So now the friend is troubled. Yeah. Uh, Here's my favorite part. Since then, I've tried to make a better habit of looking for signs of people showing me who they are when I first get to know them before we become too close or interdependent. Let me stop you right here. (laughs) What? What, again, very human, definitely human adult, has this much opportunity to meet new friends? (laughs) Are you, I mean, obviously we're all in quarantine now, but like even before this, like who meets this many people? Why are you vetting people all the time? Um, I, I, I mean, I don't, I think she's speaking hypothetically, don't you? She says, I've tried to make a habit of looking for signs of people showing me who they are when I first get to know them. Why? I just, I don't know. It seems like you meet a lot of people, like an, like a suspiciously high number of people. I don't want adult. to blow your mind here, but uh, a lot of these people who write essays make shit up. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you don't say. Uh, let's see. I try hard to base my feelings around facts. Okay. Right? No, she doesn't. I try hard to base my feelings around facts and patterns or about the behavior I have observed and not behavior that I have a hunch that someone is capable of in the future. Well, she is using facts, right? She's just, she's connecting she's the wrong dots. The one she's using. Right. She's connecting the wrong dots. Right. She's, she's pointing to the fact that like, well, I offered <laughs> as, right. as if to say, oh, well, I, you know, I, I tried to be a good friend. By applying these principles to my new friendships, I've been able to stop feeling bitter and upset. Now I just hope that Samantha is on her way to finding peace and happiness on her own. Oh, go fuck yourself. Uh, number I one. I mean, you're not bitter and upset anymore because you have a boyfriend. That's Right. Shut the fuck up. Here's this, <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me summarize this ridiculous story. You got a boyfriend and you, and you dropped your friend. And he fixed The you. fucking end. <laughs> end of fucking story. And, and oh, at least one of you was a vampire. That I'm too. To you. That too. So yeah, this whole like, like you said, it's tales old as time. Like, yeah. don't try and justify what you did. And like, look, there's there's a difference between, um, you know, the t- the the typical way a relationship, a dynamic, a friendship changes when one person gets into a relationship. Right. You know where, okay, they're not as available as much. That's understandable. Like, I don't own them. That's why it's even weirder to me that she's talking about, like, meeting all these people and and vetting them. I'm sure she's lying. You're not meeting new people because you're home with your boyfriend. Right, exactly. You're sitting home with your fucking boyfriend who is just so perfect. Get back to me in a year. Get back to me in a year. And please, right. Please write an essay about how you met this perfect boyfriend. You know what? Let's do let's ha- let's let's do a little experiment. Okay. Because this was written on March fifteenth. 
Hmm. Let's check Holly's archive and see if there's that essay that we know she either has written or will write about how she how she found her perfect relationship. Okay. Okay. Juggling romance with juggling romance with laundry. Planning <laughs> date nights in quarantine has been tough. Right. Uh, okay, sure. There's single and there's unhappily single. Right. Use the pandemic to take stock. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I lived with my ex for three months after I broke up. My boyfriend gaslit me when we found an empty com- condom wrapper in his car. Okay. <sighs> Are you the sure that wasn't factor. yours from when you were dating that married man? <laughs> right. Exactly. The X factor benefit or big mistake. Is it ever a good idea to add a partner who is to add a partner who is also an ex? I guess on social media, what? maybe oh. she talks about her ex a lot for someone who's in such an amazing relationship. Totally over it. Totally over. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> ex who? I received my first love letter on my thirtieth birthday. It made my day and my life. Oh, good for you! Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know what? My okay. Here it is. No, no, no. I'm sure it's. Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, the most dangerous non-monogamy advice I ever took and why it meant I stayed in a broken relationship. Non-monogamous equals available. That's a second. That's another one. Hmm. Oh, my God. And, and it's, uh, yeah. Whew. It's just. You know, the thing about these essays <laughs> is, I mean, I get, okay, I guess, I guess people are reading them because I'm told that people make money writing for Medium, but aren't these all mistakes we have to make for ourselves no one's learning anything from these no uh, yeah i think they're all mistakes we have to make for ourselves and they're common you know these happen to all of us you know we right. all and have that of this shit like i'm sorry your marriage only lasted 10 months but mine will be different like it's that kind of magical thinking we all right. we just have to make these mistakes for ourselves yes agreed oh since we're talking about mistakes we're gonna move yeah. on oh okay I'm Jezebel, ready. Jezebel has a, a, a segment called "Dear Fuck Up." I love that. <laughs> Dear I Fuck love Up that for all of us. <laughs> I love that for all of us. And then the this week's was called "Dear Fuck Up." I've been lying to my wife. <gasps> na, na, na. Um, <laughs> yeah, hold on. Oh. Here we go. All right. So, dear fuck up. Lately, my wife and I have been revisiting parts of our history that we hadn't fully resolved. Among this is an always good, always good, always Uh, leave stuff unresolved. Among this is an ongoing discussion of my having cheated on her. Totally over it. (laughs) I'm gonna stop you right here. Among this, this is one of other things. <laughs> Early on in our relationship, I slept with someone else. Among other things. <laughs> There's an S there. Things. things. <laughs> I kept this from her until we were working through some things. things. And I admit things and I admitted to her what I had done. Idiot. At the time, her immediate response was expected. She said there was no way we could remain together. She wanted the details. In a panic, I followed this truth-telling with another lie. Right. I gave her false details of the cheating that cast it in a more acceptable light. What? I don't know. Probably like he was drunk or more we of a... I enjoy it. I, well, no, that feels more of like a, we were on a break. <laughs> yeah. We were on a break. It meant nothing. Yeah. We hadn't really, can we? Had, I wasn't sure where we stood. Uh, she decided okay. she wanted to stay with me. We worked through it some more and have been as happy as we can be since. Yikes. She leans on many of, of the fires here. Yep. She leans on many of the fabricated details of the affair to forgive me. Does she, what? though? <laughs> but also, um, didn't he say early in our relationship I slept yeah. with someone else? Early, yeah. Like, Define that. Is it before you guys got exclusive? Like, what's the story there? I don't right. know. Right. This this was about four years ago. Very recently, she's let me know that she isn't fully satisfied with our discussion of the matter. Oh, my God. 
okay. that she felt we'd had one conversation and that it wasn't enough. <laughs> okay. We talked through it some more, and she said what really hurt wasn't the cheating, but my having hidden it from her. Well, mm, tomato, tomato. Tomato, <laughs> Okay. She's been very forgiving to me throughout, and I've only grown to love her more, and my desire not to hurt her again has been strengthened. This has all brought about a crisis that I'd been suppressing over the last four years. I'd accepted that I'd lied again and lived with it, but talking about it more has made me realize how radically I've compounded my mistake. I feel like I've done something truly unforgivable. There's a real yet unlikely chance she could find out about the real truth someday. I don't know if I should tell her. I don't know if I can tell her. I don't know if I should keep the secret from her to perhaps protect her. No, that's what you should have done the first in the fucking first place. That's what yeah. you should have done. Yeah. I know she wishes I'd never told her about the cheating. Knowing what I know about how she's come to forgive me already, I think this would absolutely break us up. Uh, ab absolutely break us. I think I just want to live with the secret, but in this moment, I feel like an absolutely awful person without a clue as to how to move forward. Good. I'm glad you feel like an absolutely awful person because it you're supposed to. It took four years, but we got yeah. there. <laughs> right. And let's just call this what it is. He's been staying with her because he feels like he feels obligated to. Uh, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't feel like. E maybe even he knows what he really feels for his wife. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know, and I don't know that he knows either. Yeah. He just doesn't sound happy in general. He he sounds like, oh, you know, I'm just. I'm just so lucky that, you know, she forgave me and I feel like I owe it to her to stay with her, even though right. I clearly don't want to be. I, so I don't, I mean, <laughs> all right. I don't, I don't mean to quibble too much over semantics, but, <laughs> but I'm going to with this one sentence, um, at least I've only grown to love her more and my desire not to hurt her again has been strengthened. This should is, have been there in the first place. <laughs> well, this is a huge pet peeve of mine. This notion of like loving someone more. You love them or you don't. That's yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stop saying I love. If you say you love someone more, you didn't love them the first time you said that you did. Because you love them or you don't. Yeah. It's kind of like being a little pregnant. Right. <laughs> you love them yeah, or you don't. You're pregnant or you're not. That's it. Stop that's a great observation. This. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I and I agree with you. Like, I you love her more. Yeah, you love her now because it's been many, many years, and you realize she's probably the best you're ever going to do because you're a douchebag, and, and that that's you don't why deserve he's starting her. to feel bad now, right? right? Because whenever this happened, and again, I think we need to know what early in the relationship means, right? Um, like is it, it is fully possible that like they hadn't agreed on exclusivity. It's blown up into this huge thing, but it doesn't sound like that to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, I like that kind of situation. I wouldn't even say is cheating. Right. Um, but it doesn't sound like that. Right. Cause it sounds like he is feeling guilty and like he doesn't want to hurt his wife, mm -hmm. but he feels that way now. <laughs> Right. Which tells me they got married about four years too early. Yes. So yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't tell her. <laughs> don't, Just, don't tell her. Go with the lie and, and don't tell her. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand that when you cheat, when you do something shitty, the punishment is the fear you're going to get caught. The punishment sure. is the guilt that you feel for what you did because you probably did it in a moment of anger or a moment of complete selfishness. Right. And then you had that moment of clarity and you realize like, wow, I really have somebody great here. And God, I like I'm I was such an asshole. I didn't see this. Right. I almost blew it. I almost blew it. Um but I think the the main reason why mo people, and by people I mean men, um, reveal this shit is because they're afraid it's going to come from some, she's going to find out some other way. 
he does say that there's a possibility that she, like, if he keeps up the lie, that she could find out, which I, I, I don't yes. know how that would be. You know, in in this time of, of social media, <laughs> um, it's very possible for stuff like that. You just don't know. I'll never forget. There was a guy in my building. This is a good, tw- I don't know, 20 years ago. And we had hooked up. And I don't know what he had hooked hooked up. He moved. He moved to the west side. And this woman moved into the apartment. And she and I became friendly. And it turns out she was friends with a woman. Someone at her job. She was a lawyer. And there was another lawyer at her job. And he was a lawyer. And the friend that she worked with knew the guy who used to live in the apartment. The guy that I had hooked up with. Mm-hmm. And told me, like, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> she confirmed something. How I found out, I think I, I think I revealed this on the blog once. Um, a piece of mail came to the building for this guy, but it came in my, it was somehow put in my mailbox, like my okay. mail thing. So I pulled everything open, and I'm opening stuff. Not like the uh, the envelope was on; it was flipped over. So I'm just like opening stuff, going through everything, and I pull out this receipt, and it's a receipt from a jeweler for a diamond ring. Okay. And I'm like, hmm, that's strange, you know, considering we just hooked up like a month ago, two months ago, and so I slid it under his door because <laughs> he was living across the across the hall at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, so I'm saying these things have a way of always getting, like coming back to you. Like you always, there's something always comes up and you get caught. You do, you get caught somehow. You always get caught either. It's by your own stupidity because you say something you shouldn't Mm -hmm. or the universe fucking puts an envelope into somebody's (laughs) mail slot (laughs) And a receipt for the engagement ring that you brought your, bought your girlfriend. And so the neighbor across the hall, because when I had confronted him about it, he was like, that's not for an engagement ring. That's for that's for a watch that I bought. And I'm like, whatever, sure. Okay. And then the neighbor confirmed to me because she was like, oh, yeah, a girl that at, uh, at, the, at the law firm where I work knows him. And, yeah, he's engaged. Okay. And I'm like, okay, okay. But that's how this shit happens. So if it can happen – it, 20 years ago when there wasn't fucking Facebook and a myriad of ways for people to check up on each other and like fact find yeah. and dumpster dive. If it can happen that way 20 years ago, it can happen most definitely now. Well, that's true. And this is this is the like one and probably last opportunity <laughs> that he has to come clean, right? She's already kind of digging around for more information. So There's got to be a reason. It, you got to do it now. Yeah, and he should ask himself, why does she suddenly want to revisit this? Right. Because more than likely she found something out, and she wants to see if he's going to tell her the truth. That is probably the case. <laughs> Girl, we see you. We yeah. see you. That's, that is probably what happened, yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, the other thing about this that I, I wanted <laughs> to say uh, concerning forgiveness, I I know that this is this is a me thing, like, I'm not super forgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a hard time believing anyone who says after they've been cheated on, oh, we're, but we're moving past it. We're going to we're going to work it out. I don't no. believe it. No. I, and furthermore, I think there are reasons to stay with a relationship without forgiveness. So I feel like everyone who's ever said this is lying to me. <laughs> Like, they just want to put a positive spin on it. But, I mean, the reason to stay in a relationship after someone tells you they've cheated is so that you can try to see them be punished for it, right? Right, to make them miserable. (laughs) Right. That's why you stay. Why are we talking about forgiveness? It's not possible. Maybe, maybe if you're a saint. Maybe. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know how you work through something like that. I just I don't yeah, I don't believe that she really forgives him and the fact that she's asking for, you know, more reason not to forgive him. Mm-hmm. 
I think supports that theory. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she found something out. So she, she already doesn't forgive you. This is your one chance. You shouldn't have told her in the first place, but yep. I mean, long time bother, long time coming. Crossroads, man. (laughs) Yeah, you either gotta double down on the lie and like really mean it, or you know, this is the opening. Just, just tell her. Yeah, and can we also talk about people who, when asked if they've ever cheated, and they say yes, don't answer that question. Don't say no. Boom, done. That's it. (laughs) And then if if it ever does get called out, like if you ever do get caught. You say, well, Jesus Christ, oh, do you think I wanted to tell you that and then have you, like, not trust me? I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Sure. That's a, yeah, that's. Let someone that's get a read on you first before you decide to play, you know, oh, we're just so honest and be like the other girl and be all fucking <laughs> committed in three weeks and, oh, yeah. you know, engaged after two months and sure. I'm not sure what the point of that question is anyway, because, I, I mean, obviously some people will cheat on everyone like they just that's what they do but yeah i don't believe in this like once a cheater always a cheater thing i don't i don't think that's the case for most people uh i think it depends like there's right it depends if there's like this was a one-time thing shit happens but like in the case of gareth gareth was a serial cheater well he might be one I just, I think most people that cheat probably aren't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it depends. I think that once people feel like they get away with it, they're like, oh, I can do that again. I know how to, now I have, know how to navigate it. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I've always wondered, you know, what is it, what was it like, uh, like for his wife or the girl who was dating him at the time, and she was very young, what did she think? Because she was reading my site regularly, so she saw the stuff I was revealing. Okay. And I'm like, and like- and They stayed together? Yeah, they're married. Or they might not be okay. married anymore. I don't know, but- <laughs> Okay. But I always wondered, like, how do you move past that? Oh, well, I mean, he probably gaslit her, right? Yeah, he probably lied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. There you go. That's only going to work with someone very young, though. Right. Okay. You get, you get to do that a couple of times, unless you, you know, continue to date younger. But yes. Uh, okay. Let's move on to a dating question that I got. We didn't really answer that at all. We didn't answer what? <laughs> we didn't answer the question. We what just question? said, like, do it or don't do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. Well, I think we kind of did. Like, my answer is, dude, she's on to you. Either come clean now or or you better stick to that lie. And But right. but to stick to that lie, you're going to have to gaslight her. Yeah. Yep. So what's the lesser of two evils? I happen to think the lesser of two evils is to, is to say I lied and have the relationship end. I think it's better to do that. Sure. Because you're clearly a dirt, you're clearly a dirtbag, and she yeah. needs better. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably going to be easier for him to gaslight her. <laughs> right, that will probably come pretty naturally. But anyway, dating letter. Dating letter. Okay, so this is from Sue from Boston. She's forty three, okay. okay. and she says, "I met a guy through an online speed dating event, and we were a match." He emailed me and asked if we could speak on the phone. During our conversation, he asked what I was looking for, and I told him I was looking for a relationship. He said he was looking for friendship or maybe a relationship. He didn't seem to want to meet in person and was kind of nervous on the phone. Is there any hope here? Well, um, one thing to consider, and I didn't even catch this the first time, um, he didn't want to meet in person probably because we're in quarantine. Could be. Could be. Uh, but maybe she was talking, you know, further in the future. And again, and and, and I can kind of see why a guy might be kind of hesitant well, who would right com- now. Who would, yeah, who would commit to meeting after this is over? That could be a year from now. Right. Like, And I think that unknown, uh, I think when, when quarantine first started, I think everybody thought, oh, this will be like a month. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, sure, video speed dating. Cool, cool, cool. 
and then two months and now we're heading into three months. So I do, I think there's this unknown where people are like, I don't even know what's going to happen at this point. Right. Um, But however, when he said he was looking for a friendship or maybe a relationship, he led with the answer. He led with the answer. And he was telling you when someone says, take it slow, friends first, blah, blah, blah. What they're saying is I am not going to be committing to anybody anytime soon either because they're newly single and just sort of getting acclimated again or because they just want to have their freedom and their independence, neither of which are bad things. They're not wrong for that. But if somebody says to you, you know, I'm looking for a friendship, understand right away that they're not, that what they're not, they're not saying, well, I just want to hang out with someone and get, you know, really get to know them before I decide if I want to be in a relationship. Nope. They want to fuck you without commitment. That's correct. And scene. (laughs) That's That's it. it. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Good night. Goodbye. You're welcome. So just keep that in mind. Anytime you see that in a dating profile, be mindful of that. But on the flip side to that, um, I uh, I um, I have a client who is newly single and he's uh, looking to get back out there and he's taking it very slow. And he, one of his questions to me was, how do I, he said, you know, I'm not looking to jump back into anything. I'm being very cautious. You know, he's been divorced some time. He's, you know, newly single from a, uh, a long-term relationship. But he said, how do I approach this? You know, where he wants to be on a dating site but he wants to be like, he wants to keep that stuff. Like he doesn't want his ex-wife seeing that. Like he wants to keep that private. Is that uh, even possible? That's as I said, I said, you know, it's the chances I mean, are, too. well, she might be on it too, but he's, I think he's more concerned about friends, mutual friends, seeing them. Well, and I, yeah. first of all, I would hope that people would, have the social acuity have a little decorum <laughs> to, to keep their mouths shut right yeah and i'd be like hey you betty um <laughs> hey girl um so i just saw you know joe on okay cupid i just thought you want to know <laughs> why would i want to know that we've been we've been divorced for 10 years because uh, there's always those people who just want to stir shit up yeah and that's that was I'm me doing. when i was talking about call her daddy Hey, girl. <laughs> so if you're newly single and you, you want to start dating again, but you don't want to find yourself in a situation where um, I'm just, he's probably not going to like this, but kind of like what I had, what I dealt with with Don, where, you know, six months in, he was like, yeah, I don't. Uh, whoopsie. It's whoopsie. This relationship thing. Mm, not, uh, not what I'm looking for. And if you don't want to find yourself in a situation like that in your dating profile, all you need to say is newly single. Boom. That's it. (laughs) And you should, and that should be interpreted as I'm just getting back out there. I'm not, you know, please don't expect me to be jumping into a new relationship anytime soon. I, I would add on here that I think it's important not to say newly divorced. True. Yes. Because not in writing, say that verbally, right? (laughs) Don't put that in writing. That word is too loaded. It it really is because everybody's going to, Oh, are they ready? Are they fragile? Are they damaged? What's going on? But, but, you know, and what people don't understand when someone says newly divorced, they could have been separated for like five years. Sure. You know, that everything could be, you know, hashed out and packed up and Mm -hmm. this person could be totally emotionally ready to be out there. But if you, nobody's going to know that because when they see newly divorced, they're going to think that the ink is barely dry on the paperwork. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the, what I always tell people is, and we're start. I'm putting together a workshop called "Getting Back Out There." You know, even for people who are newly single or just who have taken a break from sing- from dating and are going getting getting back out there. Uh, and the first thing I say is, be really clear about what you're looking for. And that doesn't mean. 
that you have to know, I want a relationship. Like, it's perfectly okay to say, you know, I think I just kind of want to casually date um, nobody exclusively. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. Know where you're headed. Know what you're what you're looking for. But most importantly, know what you can offer somebody, what you yeah. can reasonably offer somebody. And then work backwards, which means um, in your profile saying that you're newly single and you don't need to hammer it. You don't need to hammer the point home. You know, let the other person interpret that as it's meant. And as you're dating, you know, uh, the one thing not to do, don't ask somebody, so what are you looking for? Because that's a great way, like, it's going to stop anything any possible connection from from progressing because everybody knows, or at least they should, that when someone says, what are you looking for? They're just looking for sex. Or they're just not looking for... Oh, when someone asks the question of you? Yeah. Like I've had people on online dating sites, like you'll match or you'll send an email and you'll get a response back. Hey, thanks for your email. You know, you know, new to this, blah, blah, blah. So what are you looking for? Oh, I see. That way you can say relationship and they can tailor their response accordingly absolutely so that they still get sex absolutely <laughs> I'm, I'm for, uh, exactly well yeah very very good oh no i have a feeling this the sound on this is going to be shitty too uh yes exactly so don't uh don't fall for that because they want to hear what you're going to say and then they're going to tailor their response like sarah said that's a great point i didn't even think of that that's so good that's, that's uh, what that is right? that's what that is so don't fall into that trap if someone asks you that, the the best response is to say, "I'm not sure. Why do you ask?" <laughs> not and, it. And put not <laughs> it. <laughs> not it. No take backsies. <laughs> so yes, put it back on them because then they're going to have to be forced to be put their big boy pants on or big girl pants on and use their words and say, well, you know, I just wanted to, you know, see what you were looking for to make sure, you know, we were kind of looking for the same thing or make sure I didn't mislead you there. Just wanted to begin tempering your expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So really know what you're looking. If you're newly single, know what you're looking for. And, And if look, if you're just looking for sex, that's okay. You know, don't let all these medium essays that I just read today and wrote a very lengthy comment on about, you know, women complaining about how men on dating apps are just looking for sex. Don't let that deter you from deciding or, you know, women too. Don't let that deter you. If that's all you're looking for, that's okay. As long as like everyone's consenting and everyone's sort of, there's no one's being misled, whatever, do it. Use a condom, have fun, who cares? But just know, know what you want, know what you can offer. And then, like, I guess, proceed accordingly, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah. So there's that. And before we, before we go, yeah. uh, you know that I have to, I, I have to get my daily um, little nudge. Uh, nudge. Nudge in. <laughs> okay. So let's first start with this. In for her what perfect right it is yeah because she is so she's like a nudge yeah it's like an invasive physical encounter no one asks for <laughs> a little nudge, <laughs> a little nudge. It's all right like just enough to be rude but not assault okay so jesus so here's the guy saying how's bumble been treating you this is a, a text exchange she's posted how's bumble been treating you any good dates from here and she responds, some great ones last year, took a long break, and now I'm back. Just looking for the right connection, like all of us. And the guy says, yep, like any other dating environment, I suppose. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And she says, I haven't really encountered anything terrible, luckily. Sounds like you have. And the guy says, still beats bars and clubs or waiting for it to strike you upside the head, midday grocery shopping. Been doing online, online since 2003. Seen it all. And she replies and says, I'm sure... And then her commentary. Why? Did I, I, I thought the conversation was over like a couple steps ago. <laughs> Am I misreading this? What do you mean? Like as soon as he replied, 
oh yeah, like everything else. That's it. You're done. Right. Like exactly. That's that's all he had. You didn't give him anything to work with. He's now giving up. <laughs> and he, this is him trying to taper out. Yeah, You're not letting. It. Here's what she said. She says, "Asking how dating is going for you, or how a particular app is working, is the kiss of death." It often turns into a bash fest of both people and the dating apps themselves. And if not, it leads to some really boring conversation that doesn't allow you to actually learn about the other person. You can see here that the person in gray is really trying to keep things light and positive <laughs> and yellow keeps belaboring it. Let's stop there because that's not what happened. No. Um, the person in gray is not trying to keep things light. In fact, the person in gray is the one belaboring the point. Right? The conversation was over. <laughs> the conversation was fucking over. The minute he said, yep, like any other dating environment, I suppose, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's where you say, yep, you know, but overall well, it's been, a, it's been a, a positive experience. How's your quarantine going? That was her cue to change the topic. It was. And she failed. <laughs> pretty hard. Yep, pretty hard. Uh, so, of course, uh yeah, I wrote that comment on her. She doesn't respond. I think she thinks she's like hurting me when she doesn't respond to me. Um, okay, so here's the next one. And this one I'm just really kind of baffled by. So <laughs> the guy says to her, I'm trying my best to date a, to get a date with a Jewish girl. I hear they can be real fun. What the hell? Yeah, excuse me? And this is a client, by the way. This is her a male right. client talking to her. And she says, being Jewish doesn't make someone fun. A fun person makes someone fun. And then he says, uh -huh. just passing on what a couple friends shared with me. And she replies, one characteristic does not a person make. And he replies, you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she replies again, one characteristic, Jewish, never married, redhead, etc., does not define a person, nor can you attribute anything as a generalization. Mm -hmm. We have talked about this. And he replies, yes, ma'am. Now, this is a client. Great, great, inner, great rapport. Great rapport <laughs> with your client, number one. Everything's number, great. Yeah. Number two, um, first of all, like posting, posting communications that you have with your clients to Instagram so that everybody can see just how fucking wise you are and everyone can trash your client. Again, I will ask, who the fuck is paying this idiot? I need I'm to know. Sure. I'm not sure. Well, clearly bigots are paying well, her. <laughs> yes, that's that's one. Yeah. And keep in mind that she's Jewish. And like the first, the minute a comment like that would come out, um, she the way she's kind of like, oh, your bigotry is just so cute. Like she's just right. sort of not really addressing. This guy isn't just being an idiot. He's being a bigot and yeah, it's definitely I, gross it's definitely gross you're not as upset about this as i am <laughs> i guess i'm just not i don't know i guess i i i'm just not as surprised <laughs> i mean that's kind of how she responds to everyone right like she's got a she's got a mom like tone and she only posts the most idiotic things so well, she really only posts things where she can show everybody how she schools people and how she educates people and look at me right. and don't I know so much. And the people she's responding to, like this dipshit who's like, huh? Like, what? I don't get it. They're not going to get it. Not only are they not going to get it, they don't care. If they're no. stupid enough to make such an ignorant comment, they don't care. Knowing, no. like, I just can't even imagine being so ignorant that you would say to a Jewish person, oh, I was told, you know, I just, I've always wanted to date a Jewish person. Like, I, and he I talks, know. He talks about it like he's, like, trying a new sauce on some wings. Right. Like, you know, usually I get uh, Cool Ranch, but today <laughs> I'm going to go with teriyaki. Yeah, it's, I don't, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't understand. catch them all. Right. You know, and last week it was the woman who's like, no, I don't want a man who's retired, which is really just code for, I don't want a man, I want a man younger than me. Right. You know, oh, I want someone who travels. I want someone from a certain socioeconomic background. Like, this is the That's type of shit you got to nip in the bud. And she does, to her credit, she does. Like, she, she does school these people because it's what she does most effectively. 
but she just schools the wrong people. Um, and I, I just can't get over the posting communications from your clients. Yeah, that's weird to me too. I don't, I don't know why they're okay with it. I keep. I wonder if they even know half the time. Well, I don't know how they would find her if they weren't following her. Well, they could just Google her. I would assume. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's ballsy. I just think it's ballsy to post this stuff and, and subject your clients to ridicule on the internet. These are people that are paying you. and uh, Ostensibly, yes. Ostensibly, yeah, exactly. You would have us believe. You would have us believe, okay. <laughs> Sarah? Yep. Any thoughts? Any last thoughts? Team Alex. Uh, team Alex, Drama okay. Coming. I will be, I will stay with I will be team Alex with you because I believe okay. in you. I believe in you. That's um, nice. Thank you. So team Alex, um, don't blow off your friends for for a dude. No. Uh, what else? Oh, when you cheat, keep your mouth shut and don't tell your significant other. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best. And uh, don't put anything in writing with a little nudge. <laughs> no. No. Those are our final thoughts. A lot of good lessons today. A lot we've of great. Heard, we've all learned a lot. We've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coming up on the next Patreon episode, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about an article called "Sorry, but not everybody you dislike is a narcissist." <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, people, stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Bye. Bye.